1: Now, today's topic is about detoxing your body and your mind. I'm so very excited about this week's show because I have back on our show today uh, Josh Gitalis. Let me tell you a little bit about him. So, Josh Gitalis is a clinical nutritionist and a recognized expert in the fields of clinical detoxification and therapeutic supplementation. He runs a Toronto based private practice with a worldwide client base. As a leader in his field, Josh teaches clinical nutrition for several natural health colleges and is the first Canadian nutritionist to become an Institute for Functional Medicine Certified Practitioner. Josh, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show.
2: Happy to be here again.
1: So Josh, uh, for, for our listeners out there, our last interview together, Josh and I, we spoke about the two pillars of mental health. And it was a great interview, and I'll make sure that I get that link in the podcast notes so you can easily go back to that interview and listen to that if you're interested. And today, Josh, I really wanted to focus on detoxing your body and your mind. So where should we start on this topic, do you think?
2: Right, yeah. So it's interesting because you're saying body and mind, and I actually consider The two almost as one whole unit. So with with detoxification, which has, I think, become so much more popular these days because of the prevalence of toxins, um, there's a lot of focus on just detoxing the body. So there's four channels of elimination. Well, there's actually five, but four body uh, channels of elimination, which we consider ways we can get toxins from inside the body to outside the body. And that's the lungs, um, the skin the bowel, and the kidneys, or the urinary system. And then I consider the fifth, the mind, which is, I think, so often forgot about as a channel of elimination. Uh, Because, you know, you can be doing the best detoxification protocol with the best supplements and the best foods, drinking the best water, being in the best environment. But if you're bringing in toxic emotions, for example... Um, it can trump every, all that effort that you're putting into your detoxification protocol.
1: Maybe we should switch gears and, and kind of focus on the mind aspect.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: So how do yeah, we, so, how, how do we de- detoxify these negative emotions, <laughs> yeah. like the emotional baggage, whatever you want to call it?
2: Yeah, of course. So yeah, with the body, it's 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 quite easy because you know we know certain nutrients can detoxify certain substances like we know that an acetylcysteine can help detoxify acetaminophen for example but when it comes to the mind it's a little bit more abstract um you know there's there was a book written by Candace pert called the molecules of emotion it's one that i reference often because she talks about how our perceptions actually create a cocktail of chemicals in our body that can Uh, promote growth and healing of cells or that can degrade that process and uh, we tend to consider the positive emotions ones that actually help with healing and growth Um, happiness and hopefulness and gratitude and love and kindness things like that whereas the ones that degrade our health um, you know are, are ones like fear and anger Um, and those give negative signals to our cells and it's a lot of it is a function of our um, autonomic nervous system so we're either in the state of sympathetic nervous system mode or parasympathetic nervous system mode and the sympathetic nervous system mode is associated with that fight or flight response and that's what's kept us alive all these years you know back thousands and thousands of years ago when we were faced with a saber-toothed tiger we either killed it or we ran away and we survived more than we didn't or else we wouldn't be here today and that's a system that was based on survival Um, and that's the sympathetic nervous system Um, but people are often in that state Um, there's so many things pushing us to go into that state you know the world right now is really working against us there's there's cell phones and computers and and noise and chemicals and bright lights Um, and i mean the list goes on and on and it just keeps on pushing us down that pathway whereas where true healing begins is really in that rest and digest stop and think mode um, where we can turn on that parasympathetic nervous system. In that state, we can turn on liver detoxification. We can turn on digestion. We can turn on a lot of our metabolic activities that happen internally. Um, I have actually an, a really interesting example of a client I met with. Uh, it was actually last week. And she was is dealing with multiple chemical sensitivity. We've done uh, mold testing, and we, we see these markers in her blood. Um, we, we know that she's very, very sensitive to environmental toxins. You know, when she's in an environment, she feels it right away. Um, and she's gone to some of the top environmental specialists, but no one has ever really discussed detoxifying the mind and getting the mind in the game. And she's a very, very, uh, type A personality. So she's always in that fight or flight mode, that sympathetic mode and liver detoxification won't even really turn on to its full capacity if you're in that mode, right? Because you're always on the go. You're, you're, you're never stopping to let that process um, take its, take its uh, steps um, because your body is just trying to deal with that situation. So that is now becoming a huge part of her protocol for multiple chemical sensitivity is to detoxifying the mind, to getting into different uh, activities uh, which we can talk about in a moment, that really help to move emotions through and to help bring that nervous system into more of a rest and digest mode.
1: So Josh, as you were talking, I was thinking of a few things. So thank you again for mentioning uh, Dr. Candace Pert's book, The Molecules of Emotion. Um, that was an such an excellent book and for the listeners out there Dr. Pert is a researcher she she was uh, at that point I think at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda Maryland Mm -hmm. and uh, and she made the link between emotions in your body actually are molecules and become chemistry in your body and then I also kind of had uh, the thought too, Josh, about in um, traditional Chinese medicine because that's part of my training as a naturopath. In traditional Chinese medicine, they talk about an emotional aspect too, um, based on different body organs. I don't, I don't necessarily know if any of this has been proven, but you know the concept that lungs are associated with grief and liver is associated with anger, and then I think the kidneys are fear. And you know, anyways, you get you get the the um, the idea there, but. Um, I agree with you that when it comes to health, the bulk of health and getting healthy, really, like when we talk about getting to the root cause, it really is about getting to the bottom of the mental, emotional, uh, to that part of the, the health puzzle. And so I, I was so happy when you were willing to come on and talk about detoxing the mind because I, I've never heard anybody even use that Uh, You know, those two words together, or three, actually three, you know, detoxing the mind. And and so many people, you said, you know, we all know that we're being bombarded with chemicals and toxins, but we're also being bombarded mentally, emotionally, too, with stuff that we read on the internet, and our cell phones, and text messages, and then we have our job, and our families, and our relationships, and it goes on and on and on, so... So, when we talk about trying to get to the root cause of that, what are some of the, some of the tips you can give us?
2: Oh, there's so many. Uh, yeah. So, some of the most common ones that I give, well, I would say probably the number one tip that I give my clients is deep breathing. And breathing is a really interesting bodily function because we can access it uh consciously and it's also often accessed unconsciously so you know we don't most of the time we don't have to think about breathing we go to sleep at night and we don't have to worry that we're going to stop breathing when we're asleep we wake up in the morning and most of the day we are going without really concentrating on our breathing um so that's part of the involuntary nervous system but we can also tap into our voluntary we can tap into that nervous system voluntarily by thinking about our breathing and deepening it. Um, so one of the things people notice is, is when they get stressed or stimulated um, or in danger, the breathing gets much quicker and a lot more shallow. And again, that's a function of that sympathetic nervous system. But when we are more relaxed in that meditative state or a relaxed state, our breathing becomes a lot deeper um, and a lot more rhythmic. And that is a function of the parasympathetic nervous system. So if, for example, I'm stimulated and I'm, I'm in that go-go-go mode and I'm, and my breathing is very shallow, I can tap into that by consciously thinking about deep breathing. And we just use a very simple rhythm, uh, easy to remember, four, four seconds in, hold for four seconds, and then eight seconds out. And I get people just starting on that for five minutes, five minutes a day. Uh, You know, people then say to me, you know, that's so little. You think it's going to do anything? And I say, well, anything's better than nothing, and currently you're doing nothing, and by the end of the week you've got 35 minutes, and by the end of the month you've got two hours, and by the end of the year you've got over 30 hours of tapping into this parasympathetic nervous system. So I think deep breathing is one of the most powerful um, things that people can do, and the cool thing, too, is you don't need any objects, and you can do it anywhere at any time. So that's my number one. And then there's other, there's other ways. ways that kind of kick it up a notch um, and you know can get you in that mode in a, a much more powerful way. Uh, there's deeper forms of meditation. There's a couple devices on the market which can be very helpful for people. So um, I'm a big fan of heart rate variability exercises. And for those of listeners who are not have never heard that word before – um, it's measuring the space between heartbeats. So you know, just to to uh, you know illustrate a typical heartbeat, it, in in relaxation mode it would it would be d doom, d doom, doom. And it's very rhythmic. Um, but the more stimulated we get, the more erratic the heartbeat gets. So to exaggerate it it might be d-doom d doom d-do-doom. And heart rate variability is measuring the spaces between those heartbeats. So it's essentially measuring exactly how stimulated you are or how, how relaxed you are. And there's de- a device called Inner Balance. It comes out of uh, Heart Math Institute, who's been doing research on heart rate variability for over 30 years. Uh, you just plug it into your iPhone. I think it's $120 or $130. And it measures your heart rate variability in real time. So you've got this biofeedback on your phone that you're watching to see how well you're actually meditating and you can control your breath and you can c- control your thoughts um, to actually manipulate your heart rate variability in real time. So I recommend that one often to people. There's another device that's come out recently called Muse, which is kind of taken the functional medicine world and relaxation meditation world by storm, which is, I think a bit more expensive, but that uh, is the same idea and it measures brain waves. And then there's so many other great ways to get into that parasympathetic mode, and different people like different things. So, um, and I sort of think about kind of two, two different types of this type of work, um, like a passive type of parasympathetic work and an active type. So a passive type, an example of a passive type would be me taking a nice warm bath you know, in, in some Epsom salts and lavender, would be watching, you know, like a funny TV show or a funny movie, would be listening to music, um, would be, you know, going for a walk outside. And then there's more active types of this, this type of work. And I consider that things like meditation. Um, you know, people often see pictures of yogis or Buddhist monks just sitting there uh, peaceful on a rock meditating. But any meditator knows that meditation is work. It's actually not uh, so easy at first. You get to a point where it becomes less work, but it's it's an actual activity that you have to focus and concentrate on. So I consider that more of the active type. Uh, The deep breathing is more of an active type. And uh, you get a really big bang for your buck from those types. But there's so many great ways to get into that parasympathetic mode. And I think each person needs to find the one that works for them.
1: And really, the more you can do with both of these passive and active, the, the, <clears throat> the more you're going to detox your mind and the, the more quickly you're going to see results, too. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And then do you have any other uh, tips and suggestions for detoxing the mind? and or the body.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think relationships are a huge, huge piece here. You know, um, we all have had that situation where, and just in in relation to detoxing the mind, we've all had that situation where we, we, we use the phrase, get it off our shoulders, right? You know, you have a little chat with a friend or, you know, a family member, and you trust them, and you tell them something, or you... Uh, you know ask them for their opinion and that's getting it off their shoulders but I sort of register that as getting it out of the body as well Um, and relationships are a big um, a big possible toxin or the opposite or, or something that's really great for the body and we usually know which relationships are serving us or are working against us by how we feel when we're with that person or after being with that person you know the relationships where you're, like, energized after seeing a person, you're hopeful, you have more, um, you know, your, your brain is working faster in a good way, I think those are really great relationships. And then there's those energy vampires where we spend, you know, an hour with someone and we, first of all, can't wait to get away, and then afterwards we're just tired and need a nap. Um, and a lot of those emotions, again, can get locked in the body. I think a big trigger for a lot of people is family. So... You know, family um, family relationships, of course, sometimes you can't completely avoid them, but you can definitely control them and, um, you know, not expose yourself to people that might be toxic in your life. Um, so I think those are a few ways. You know, you want to control what's coming into the nervous system and you want to control the processing. So we spoke about a number of ways to process those emotions, but we also want to control what comes in. Uh, to that front door right you can kind of think about your emotional uh, house or your emotional body as like a little door that opens and you can kind of control what comes into that space Um, and uh, that can make a big difference as to how those emotions take hold in your body
1: and i heard a, a catchphrase at one point don't don't let other people live in your head rent free (laughs)
2: <laughs> I love that yeah absolutely
1: huh, I catch myself doing that I'm like why am I doing that like like, like I need to just let that go all right
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah and I think we all have times when we do that too so yeah okay so we're yeah, talking really-
2: go ahead yeah it's really interesting too with, with, with people living rent free but not just uh, people but ideas and experiences so I'm sure in your practice Dr. Carey you do you know these intakes and you look to see if there was any traumas in people's lives um, in their past, whether it be a a situation of abuse, um, whether it be a physical accident like a car accident or, or situations like that that can live in the body for a long period of time. So the thing with a lot of these emotional experiences is we can't change the past, but we can change how we perceive the past. And I think we've all had that experience where we think one thing, And then we maybe tell our story to someone and they say, well, have you ever considered that this was happening? And it kind of opens up your mind to changing your perception of that event in the past. And that's a really powerful way to process a lot of these experiences that might have happened when you're younger. Um, And sometimes it's not easy. It it takes a little bit of work with a therapist or doing exercises and reevaluating that. Um, But that type of work can really move through a lot of these negative emotions that might be creating those molecules of emotions that could be negative and harming you so another really great uh, researcher and author that um complements the work of Candace Per quite a bit and has done quite a bit on his own is is Dr. Bruce Lipton um I'm sure you've seen some of his work or read some of it yes and he re- yeah, he really makes a nice, strong connection as to how, again, those, how our environment and how our emotions and, and what we eat and drink and everything influences our gene and causes that epigenetic effect rather than the gene controlling us. And we've actually seen, you know, there's a lot of case studies out there of cases of radical remission with uh, people who are diagnosed with cancer. Um, and they might be terminal, and you know they, they, they find this out, and they, they radically change their life. Um, they get rid of people they don't enjoy being with. They watch comedies all day long. They quit their job, they do activities they love, and lo and behold, the cancer regresses. and it's it, you know this isn't science fiction, like this has actually been documented. So it's quite powerful what we can do and what we can accomplish healthwise by dealing with that fifth channel of elimination, the mind.
1: So, so far we've covered um, breathing, which is simple. It's cheap since it's free. It can be done anywhere mm-hmm. and uh, and any time of day. It's just remembering to do it, right? <laughs> <And> the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to patients. I want to do, you know, five deep breaths. What time of day do you think you can do that? And they're asked, well, what time is the best time? And I said, the, the best time is the time that you think you can remember to do it every day. That's the best time.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you you spoke about a passive and active forms of Mm -hmm. uh, relaxation and then uh, dealing with relationships. And then do you have another uh, tip or suggestion for detoxing the mind?
2: Yeah, I think um, another really important one is just having a safe environment. You know, where do you spend most of your time? You know, what's your home environment like? Um, what what's around you in your home, uh, who's living with you? Uh, do you have music playing? Do you have TVs playing? Do you have clutter everywhere? Um, you know, do, do you have do you have nice music? do you have loud music? Do you have traffic nearby? You know, and then trying to control as many of these factors as possible to really, bring your nervous system into a, a state of calm as much as you can. You know, <laughs> here in Toronto, we've got, we've got a highway down that goes right across uh, near the water. It's called the Gardner Expressway. And there's condos built all over there. They've just like shot up in the past um, 10 years or so. And there's literally people that are living right beside the highway. And I can't even imagine what that's doing to their nervous system, not just their nervous system, but also like the exhaust that's going up into the air there and just having that constant noise in their environment. So we want to really try to control that as much as possible um, because, you know, our homes is obviously where we spend most of our time.
1: So what are some ideas of how to control even things like that? Like I'm thinking in my, in my mind, I'm thinking of um, like a water fountain, could help with some of that, you know, noise issue.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, water fountain's great. I mean, I've got a diffuser going on right now, and it makes sort of like a watery, bubbly sound. Um, some, some calm music would be really good. Uh, dimming the lights, especially in the evening. So that is really great for our nervous system. And since you mentioned water, I think another really great way to get in that parasympathetic mode is Connecting with nature, um, really in any way you can. I think nature, you know, has a very, very powerful effect. Probably way beyond we even understand right now. Um, I've read about some work on on what we call, what what's called aerosols in the environment. So different trees and plants and whatnot release uh, different scents into the air called aerosols that actually help to calm the nervous system. And I believe in. Uh, is it China or Japan? I can't remember, but they have something, they actually have a name for it called forest bathing. Yes. And different environments and different forests actually get different ratings depending on how powerful they are at releasing those aerosols, which I just find fascinating. So, you know, getting outside is so important. The air inside is way more toxic than the air outside. Um, So there's that. But also getting outside, seeing the sun... If it's in the evening, seeing the stars and the moon. Uh, If you can get into a forest, that's super powerful. Um, And, you know, also not spending all your time indoors.
1: Josh, we only have a few more minutes left. And, you know, trying to cover this huge topic of detoxing your body, but especially detoxing your mind. Is there anything we haven't covered yet that you think would be important for our listeners to know about?
2: Um, I think... Yeah, I think just to kind of sum up a lot of what we've spoken about regarding stress is that everyone, whether they know it consciously or subconsciously, finds ways to deal with their stress. And some of those ways are constructive and some of them are destructive. So destructive ones would be smoking, drinking, you know, watching violent movies, uh, partying, things like that, doing drugs. And constructive is a lot of the ones we've spoken about today. Um, And those serve the nervous system. They help rebuild it. They help with rejuvenation. And they really help to release a lot of those molecules of emotion. So if you're not doing some of these things uh, that are constructive, um, you might want to think about just starting to introduce one for five minutes a day. And um, the cool thing about health choices and health habits is they have this compounding effect. They add up over the years, uh, like interest. So if you even start with something really slow and do it for a very short time, um, and you're consistent with it, it can really make a huge impact over a lifetime.
1: Josh, how can our listeners find out more about you?
2: They can find me at joshgitalis.com, Gitalis is G-I-T-A-L-I-S, and I also teach a functional nutrition certification program, and they can find out a lot more information on that at functionalnutrition.ca, and that's also, uh, you can find out more information on my website as well about that.
1: And so for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to have those uh, links in the podcast notes so that you can easily find uh, Josh and all the good stuff he had. that he has to offer and like i said uh at the outset of our interview i'll be sure to find our last interview where we spoke about the two pillars of mental health and then on top of that because really this is josh this is our third interview together right yes it is so i'll also get the, the link to our first interview which josh you remember what that was about Was it on supplements? Yeah, yeah, it was all about supplements. I've had a lot of uh, patients listen to that and they really enjoyed it. So I'll make sure that we get that link as well so that listeners can go back and, and get some of those resources as well. Perfect. Josh, thank you again for being my special guest today. This has been another awesome interview.
2: It was a pleasure to be here again.
1: All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Josh Gitalis. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc.